Welcome to a very special Project I'm Speaking episode of Bull Spirals. Project I'm Speaking episodes are a series of interviews conducted with the intention of featuring brave and talented women who agreed to speak up about their creative process, about how they found their unique voices, and how they intend to use those gorgeous voices in the world now. Because we need this. All of us need this right now, more than ever. So enjoy this time and this unique voice while you take in this episode of Project I'm Speaking. I'm Stacy Parrish. Melissa Walker is a quiet marvel. She's also a gift. A musician, a woodworker, and a brave soul looking to grow, we sat down this summer while she was on tour as part of Scott Cook and the Second Chances. Her words are so poignant and purposeful, and they speak directly to the larger mission of both Full Spirals and Project I'm Speaking. It's about the journey we take as women from the back of the stage to the front and the decisions we make to get out of our own way. This episode is a gift, and I'm so grateful to get to share it with you. So I am sitting here with Ms. Melissa Walker. Welcome. Thank you. And thank you for agreeing to sitting down with me, especially when I asked you uh, why you said yes, and you told me because it was something that scared you. Yeah. Exactly. I really, I admire that a lot. So I can tell you a little bit about the project. Um, Project I'm Speaking was named after a really iconic moment in our vice presidential debate where Vice President Pence was continually stepping on then Senator Kamala Harris's words as she was trying to answer a question. And she just stopped and looked at him and said, I'm speaking yeah, right. And it was just this really sort of cathartic moment for women and just this moment because not speaking was not an option for Kamala Harris in that moment. And it just kind of solidified a moment for us as women where, oh, we can keep speaking. So this is all about amplifying the voices of women. And and for me as, as a woman and a survivor, um, my last season of this podcast was all about finding my own voice, literally and figuratively, because my background is in broadcasting. So I left that business in 2008. And starting the podcast was really all about bringing my voice back out. Yeah, right on. So this is all about amplifying other women's voices. So I really, really appreciate you are doing this. Oh, especially, yeah. My pleasure. Yeah, especially with it, what, what you said before you before we started. Yeah, right. That's very cool. So can you just tell me a little bit about where you were born, where you grew up, what your parents did? Sure. I was born in Kamloops, B.C. Um, my parents, my dad is a musician, and he also worked in the school board with troubled kids hmm. and drove cab on the weekends. And then my mom was in management, business management, and she ra- she essentially raised my sister and I on my on her own. Um, and then it wasn't till 
later teens that I went and lived with my dad in Kamloops. And with my mom, I was in Vancouver, sorry. So, yeah, and then I went, I moved to Edmonton, and that's where I went to music school and um, met Scott and Bram after music school. But anyways, yeah. Okay. So I was born in BC. Okay. So yeah. were you arty as a kid? Um, mm, I was shy, and uh, I was I arty? I don't know. Or musical? Not really. I was shy. My my home wasn't really about nurturing that. Mm. I would say so. It's something I came to on my own in high school, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So did you take? An, did you play an instrument in high school then? Or oh did... yeah, I took uh, clarinet because we had to take something, and my oh, older okay. sister had taken clarinet, so I took clarinet. And then I, when I was probably fifteen, mm-hmm. I took an interest to electric bass, and then I joined a punk band, and then I joined a metal band, as you do, and then as you do, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about your punk band? Actually, oh, yeah. please tell me about your punk band and then tell me about your metal band. Okay, so the punk band was called The Fringes. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the lead singer was my girlfriend, and I was the bass player, and then there was three guys in the band. And we were really cute and little and <laughs> loud, noisy. <laughs> Our parents, actually, my dad, he played in a band in Kamloops, and his he ended up going to. Uh, like a reunion of sorts and him and his friends were sitting around talking about their kids and my dad was like oh yeah my daughter plays bass and then someone else was like oh my son plays guitar and as as they went they they decided we were all going to be in a band together all their kids so then when he came home he was like oh tomorrow we're gonna go meet this guitar player and like i want you to essentially start a band with these guys so that's how we started and we were rehearsing in the same house that he rehearsed in when he was a kid because his friends still lived there and whatever so that's how we got going and yeah that was pretty life-changing i guess that's amazing yeah did you guys write your own music we did yeah do you remember any of the songs uh not right now okay yeah (laughs) Yeah, i could probably play them but i don't remember the titles or yeah yeah well i mean you were 15 so it was a stretch i just thought i would ask yeah yeah i think we were pretty good i don't know i'm guessing yeah i'm guessing you were the drummer was especially really good at the time yeah and then what about your metal band okay the metal band we were um a seven piece i was only girl in that band and we were called Infernus and we each took on a character from the seven deadly sins and it was pretty what yeah it was pretty silly because of course because I'm the only girl in the band I was, had to be lust and then you know all the outfits to go along with that yeah but, they made you play they made you play lust yeah exactly <laughs> but uh yeah it was loud it was very loud yeah and fun you know and that was that was high school no, that was after that. Oh, okay. Punk band was high school. After that was the metal. And, you know, I still appreciate metal. Like, I can still listen to it and enjoy it. And punk. But just not for too long. Yeah. Yeah. So then, did you go to college? Yeah. And then I went to... Uh, I was going to become an electrician. And then I 
I was I would ride my bike to this like pre-trades women's program. I'd park my bike at the college and then I'd walk over to the other building that was for the trades and but I'd use the washroom in the college and I would look walk by the pamphlets and on the in one of the pamphlets was a, a music pamphlet for their music program and I would look and I would just like dream you know and mm-hmm. but then I'd get to the audition process part and I just thought oh no like there's no way I could do this in front of somebody like that mm. but eventually you know I got through the pre-trade program and I thought my friend had talked me into just auditioning for music just you know just to have the experience kind of like today where I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that, but okay. (laughs) Um, So then I did and I got in. So that's what I did. I didn't become an electrician. Um, I I did music school and I learned to love funk and jazz and all these other genres. Um, And then I had a, I guess, a funk jazz band after that and then a reggae band after that. Yeah, and eventually I came back to trades because I, after being on tour with Scott um, for years and years, being in people's homes on tour, seeing what, you know, you're capable of building in your own home. And we've played places where it's like a kayak resort and you have to only get, you have to have a boat to get there. And everything's like made made by the trees around and mm. by hand, and you know the hot tub's a carved out tree and just, holy smokes! Yeah, it really, uh, it, it made me want to take up woodworking, so I did. But then I quickly realized that that deserves way more attention than just like a couple hours yeah. once in a while. So then I started an apprenticeship cabinet making, and so yeah, so now I do both. Wow! Yeah. No electrician, though. <laughs> Which would be boring, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I would think there's a lot of different things that you can do with cabinet making and with yeah with wood. Absolutely. What's your favorite wood to work with? Walnut. How come? Uh, I just love how it looks after mm. a coat of oil. I love how it looks. I, I also love cherry, I guess. Yeah. I did a little bit of work in New Orleans, and I loved being there because of those two woods being a lot more affordable mm. than up in Canada but yeah when would when did you when were you in New Orleans I was there at the start of this year a couple times I was I I uh I did some work but um under the table which I probably maybe shouldn't even talk about but <laughs> um and then I, I was I was actually there to study trumpet so that was just my way to like afford being there Oh, that's cool. Who were you studying trumpet with in New Orleans? Um, you know what? It ended up being a guy from Grand Prairie, Alberta. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty silly that I went all that way and then that, <laughs> But he was great and I had a great time. I think it I think it's more about being inspired by what's around you than the actual and I made some friends and you know and I love playing trumpet so much. Mm. Like it makes me full of so much joy. Oh, that's so great. So yeah. you're still playing, I take it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't bring it on tour, but well, I'm ex- like it's something I miss and I'm looking forward to getting home to, for sure. Yeah, it's just like another thing I started at the start of the pandemic. And I, I think it's, it's like the opposite of bass, you know? Like for bass, it's, it, 
I was first attracted to bass. I mean, the sound of it, but also that I could stand at the back of the stage and, mm-hmm. and just like be quiet, you yeah. know, not take up a lot of space. Yeah, maintain the rhythm and yeah. And then trumpet is just like it's almost like what you're saying, like try and be heard and have a voice and take up space. It's like here I am, and and I think as I'm as a person trying to get there, trumpet is sort of allowing you know that role for me. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I was in New Orleans. And I went back because Jazz Fest and I took my partner. And uh, Yeah. Where did the inspiration come from for to take the trumpet? Probably the first time I went to New Orleans. I, I mean, I, I've always loved Louis Armstrong. I think he's the best there ever was. Mm. Just like his hard upbringing and he still brought so much joy to people and he never got heavily into drugs or anything that was like destroying him Mm -hmm. he was he you know he not that I mean that happens and I understand that but you know he I I don't know and it's just like there's no one that played like him no one but just so much joy Mm mm-hmm did your dad introduce you to Louis Armstrong? No, I remember it being in school in grade mm. probably eight when I had to take clarinet. Like, I was still playing clarinet. Oh, got it. Yeah, and they showed it in class, like part of his biography or something. Wow, and it really left an impression on Oh, him. yeah, forever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then when I got to New Orleans, the first time, it was like, Oh shit! It's like it's like someone took my insides and just like made this city that's like not, not beautiful, not entirely beautiful, not entirely you know ugly. Like it's just like this. Like here I am. This is all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So I just felt super connected, and I guess trumpet sort of keeps that alive for me at home and when I listen to music. Yeah. That's cool. It's like the human experience, right? It's delicious and repulsive. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> At the same and that's time. what I feel like on the inside all the time. Wow. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you got out of college, you So when did you start taking the stand up bass? Okay, so I got out of school. And I was, you know, I got asked to go on a tour with electric bass for an R&B singer, and then I had my own projects happening, not not my own as in solo, but like bands that I belong to rather than as a hired player. Um, I was teaching as well back then. This is before any kind of woodworking. I think I was just doing music, and um, I taught at the same store as uh, the banjo player that plays with Scott Bramwell. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I was okay, okay. So I was taking first I was taking lessons at that place and then as that teacher moved away he asked me to replace him so then I was doing that but before he moved he said oh there's this double bass that you you know if you ever think you're going to ever want to take it up you should buy this one because it's affordable and it sounds great. And I thought okay well sure. <laughs> you know, if I don't Sold. if I don't buy, if I don't play it, I'll sell it or whatever. So I so I bought it and it sat in my living room forever. And I thought, gosh, like to play a scale on that would be such a dream come true, you know. 
So, and then eventually, uh, the guy at the, my boss at that store asked me to start teaching it. And I, he knew that I couldn't really play it, but I was like, he said, just like stay one lesson ahead of your students, which is like <laughs> a terrible thing. Great boss, but <laughs> maybe it wasn't the best. Um, you know, whatever. Yeah. But anyways, someone, there was probably someone better for that job. Um, so that's how I kind of played it a little bit for, for the sake of that, that teaching job. But um, Scott and Bram were out on tour maybe or already playing together and Scott had a girlfriend lined up for a tour and so Bram was going to bring his girlfriend and Scott was going to bring his girlfriend and they were going to have happily ever after tour and it's going to be great except the girlfriend backed out of I think the relationship and the Mm. tour so so then Bram suggested me because he knew me from teaching at the same store so Scott called me when I was on tour in Montreal and was like, you know, do you play double bass? And I was shaking my head no and answering yes. And he's like, do you sing harmonies? I was definitely shaking my head no and saying yes. And then he's like, okay, well, great. Like, are you available for this tour? So then I went home and and spent the next couple of months in the basement, like trying to work my way through these songs. And that's essentially how I got going on it. He has been incredibly patient with my learning, like, all these years. I feel like I'm only just now starting to, like, have a handle on a starting point, mm. never mind, like, you know, nine years in. But he's Scott has really introduced me to an entire world that I would otherwise probably not mm. be in because I didn't know folk music. I didn't know folk festivals i didn't know any of those things just electric bass and metal and punk and reggae and like yeah you know so he really changed my world that way yeah so you said you play banjo too yeah did scott also introduce you to banjo or where Uh, did you pick that up i feel like banjo came through a broken heart really i I feel like that was you know i i had a girlfriend that it was pretty tumultuous tumult you know yeah shitty relationship <laughs> and and i i feel like the banjo was the thing that i was doing to like not be totally sad and alone feeling mm-hmm. through that so um yeah it was the first time i played an instrument and sang along and yeah i i love banjo for sure yeah but it's not i'm not good at it or anything so is that another thing that you kind of taught yourself uh yeah yeah, yeah. With trumpet, I'm taking lessons from oh, someone online. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then when I went to New Orleans, I had someone in person, but um, I don't think that's an instrument I could teach myself. But banjo is a little more, you know, frets and strings. Like it. Okay. Use my fingers. Like that might all make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, where are you guys going from here, or where are you going from here? So from here, I don't know. Um, we have another show today, and then we have one. No, yeah, we have one tomorrow, but it's somewhere else. I don't know where. Um, and then we cross the board back to Canada. We have a few gigs, and then I go home. I fly home on August fifteenth. Okay. And I left on June fifteenth. Okay. And what's your what's your day to day like? Uh, I am um, at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it depends. I. When I get home, I'll be working on a dental surgeon's house, doing the woodwork in his house. 
Yeah, I've been working at that for a couple of years. The house has been in progress for 10 years. Wow. Yeah, I'm usually the only carpenter on site, and I say carpenter liberally because I'm literally just doing woodwork. But mm-hmm. um, So I'll probably do a lot of that. I have my partner at home, and... I have a dog that I love more than anything in the world. Oh, I want to hear about your dog. Yeah, she's getting up there, so I, 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 I just, I, you know, there's times in the tour where you're just like, what am I even doing here? Like, yeah. I miss my dog, and this isn't going well, and there's pubic hair in the bathtub that doesn't belong to me. Like, <laughs> oh. You know? Yeah, questioning your choices. It, totally. <laughs> and then, so usually I, I go, I get up, I go to the gym, I go to work, I come home, I spend time with my dog practice and mm-hmm. spend time with my partner and whatever yeah so it just depends i mean there will be other tours in september starting up so you know um i recorded an album a solo record right before i left so i'm going to be going through the mixes of that cool i'm starting to think about artwork and blah 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 so busy cool tell me about your dog oh my gosh her name is ella mm-hmm. i've got her from the spca probably 11 years ago and she's just the best dog ever (laughs) she's a mix of things um she is sweet she's sensitive she's expressive if there's something she doesn't like she curls her lip under her under she curls her lip and and you can see it on her face that she's disgusted or (laughs) just like pissed off and Mm -hmm. i love that so much She's so good. She's good on a leash. I can skateboard with her. I can bike with her. I can run with her. Wow. She's just, like, such a good dog. Yeah. But she's getting up there, so it makes it hard to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So you got her 11 years ago. So is she 11 then? No, I don't know. I mean, they said she was about three, so she's, like, really getting up there. Got it. Yeah. I think it'll... I'll take a little break from the long tours for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two two months is too much. Yeah. yeah. So you said when you get back, you're going to be working on the mixes for your solo project. Yeah. It, tell me more about your solo project. Oh, okay. What's um, it like? It's, uh, it's, not, it's not folk music. But wow. it's not punk or metal either. I don't really know. I mean, I feel like everyone says that they don't really know what they're... Yeah. Um, do you have to pick a genre when you release it? You kind of do. It okay. helps, you know. To it helps to, you know, for people to understand what your music is without them having to listen to it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it's uh, it's pretty vulnerable, and it's groovy, and yeah. So, do you have other music out there? Mm, not solo, no. Really? Yeah, so this is a first, you know, this was really a new thing for me. So I find this really interesting that you're taking the trumpet, which is kind of a vulnerable thing putting you out there. Yeah. You're doing this interview, which is kind of a vulnerable thing putting you out there. And when you get home, you're going to be putting this music out there, which is a vulnerable thing putting you out there. Yeah, I'm really trying to stop being so scared of everything and trying not to take up such little space i suppose you know it's a it's it's definitely a it's it's work you know but it's important Mm -hmm. yeah was there a catalyst for this Mm, you know i keep 
going back to the going back to the pandemic, I feel like that really slowed me down in a in I mean there's not I don't want to say the pandemic is a positive thing, but slowing down and not being able to be constantly on the move really helped me grow in a lot of ways and self-reflect and just you know like mm-hmm. I, I I don't think I was a good partner to anyone before mm. the pandemic and like certainly wasn't good to myself you know so it's really allowed me to take a look at at myself and the people around me and you know what's important and just where you know I don't know no I and agree with touring you touring is really like I, you know it's I start tours really confident, and by the end of them, I feel worn out, and I'm second-guessing myself, and I just get really get in my way, and and, and I even this tour, I've really tried to approach it coming from a stronger place, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't even know you, and I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to sound, like, <laughs> condescending or anything, but oh, I, just, good, I just think it's really cool, and... and yeah, I think it's okay to think that some good things came from the pandemic because yeah. otherwise it was just a big pile of steaming garbage. Yeah, I feel really privileged to, in so many ways that that I can say can I I can even say that. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So this feels like a good place to stop. Okay. Um, unless. Would you like to say anything about where to find your music? Uh, no, nowhere yet. So that's okay. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Full Spirals is made possible by the generous support of our patron producers, Anonymous and Brianne, for helping to make this episode happen. Are you a spinner? If not, you can support Full Spirals as a patron and receive peeks behind the scenes, exclusive monthly Lunar Revolution episodes, and, of course, a spinner shout-out. So just go to fullspirals.com and click the Patreon tab. Join us and come Full Spiral. Spirals is produced by Boom Arts in Appleton, Wisconsin. Theme music by Helen Avakian. Production assistance by Jeff Ryan. Please remember to subscribe and review Full Spirals on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite listening platform. Till next time, take care. Mm-hmm.